Hey everyone, welcome to the Esports Next podcast. I am thrilled to be joining as the host for season three along with my co-hosts. We are going to be interviewing speakers, sponsors, and attendees of the Esports Trade Association Conference in Chicago. So if you're looking to understand who will be at the conference and what they're all about, tune in, come join us. All right, welcome to another episode of the Esports Next podcast. I am so excited to be joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Miss Lindsay Poss, along with Megan Van Petten. And it is our pleasure today to welcome the Executive Director of the Texas Scholastic Esports Federation, Danielle Johnson. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we have had many, many conversations um, none in a podcast to date, so this is a first for us, and we're excited to have you. First, uh, why don't you start us off with understanding what is TechSEF, the Texas Scholastic Esports Federation? TechSEF is esports for high schools in Texas, very specifically. So not just high schools, but we run middle school competitions as well, and this coming school year, we're at the 20. 324 school year, we are adding competitions for fourth and fifth grade as well. We are a teacher run nonprofit. So everybody in our organization is a teacher or was a teacher or is education adjacent somehow. And I actually was a former middle school teacher and, you know, wanted this for my students, which is how we ended mm. up where we are. But everybody in our organization is teachers. And so they're all volunteers. I'm a firm believer in the people closest to the situation should be designing the solution. And so that's what we do. Very cool. I wanna jump in and learn a little bit more about you know, the programs you've developed um, and what you actually bring uh, or what you're bringing to schools in Texas, particularly because Megan and I just took a trip to Dallas about two months ago, month and a half ago now. Um, and there is just, and John lives there. So there is just so much happening uh, in the Texas area. I'm, I'm so impressed. It really truly feels like a hub for esports. So I wanna, I would love for you to tell me a little bit about how you've been able to kind of harness that energy, get into schools, um, what you do with school programs and how you work with educators. There's a lot of answers there. Uh, so we do <laughs> structured competition. We have a weekly league where competition is online and we have three different competitive levels. So we have our varsity program, sub varsity, and then middle school. And like I said, adding elementary. So we have different, we have an access point for everybody. So if they, you know, are great at a game, have a great team, they can be on varsity for their school, you know, just like it's basketball. But this gives everybody a chance to play at their competitive level. We also do in-person LAN events all over the state. We had one in Grapevine, one in Houston, in Sugarland, and then our state championship at the Esports Stadium at Arlington last year. And those were all events that were hosted just by us alone. We also helped run several other tournaments for other schools and districts and organizations around the state. But we 
we try to help oversee that because we want the schools eventually to be able to do it by themselves. It's just, mm. they need guidance generally the first time. In addition to that, we do a lot of teacher professional development, not only just around how to run your esports team, because most of the teachers that are, we don't even call them coaches, we call them managers. Most of our teacher managers aren't necessarily gamers. And those that are, don't specialize in all of the games. So they're more managers than anything else. But we do a lot of de professional development to help those teachers you know, be better at their craft with this, but also about opportunities for their students and different pathways, different jobs, different technologies, all of that kind of stuff. Um, we also work with them like on, hey, we're having a little bit of uh, anger issues. How do I handle, you know? We are first and foremost a teacher community and that is how teachers stay in the classroom longer and are better at their craft is by having that community. So we we built it around that because if we serve teachers, we serve students. Yeah. Then we also have a couple of classes that we're piloting for the state of Texas next year. We have introduction to esports and esports management, and that will eventually lead to what's called the program of study, which is like four classes that go together, but it'll end with a project management certificate. And what? we are doing kids? that. What? For high school kids? Uh-huh. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's really great because we they get hands-on experience at our tournaments because we expect them to help. At our state tournament, yeah. several schools let their students have that Thursday off to come up and help us set up. And I mean, esports yeah. is a really great way to make That's networking so cool. look cool. Yeah. yeah. So anything that just helps teachers engage their kids. And our biggest push is esports is an attendance program. And so whatever gets their kids coming to school more helps them be more successful. Whatever engages their kids more gives them real life hands-on experience. That all falls into our wheelhouse. It feels like you're a trailblazer. I, 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 I've seen you create a lot of community of other teachers and it feels like you have other states that are helping you a build this program um, and refine it. Can you tell us a little bit about how you did that? I, I would imagine either like working collaboratively, follow the leader, create um, who, who, who led it best. Tell us a little bit about um, the, that origin and that journey. You can always at a party, the teachers will be together because we will find each other. <laughs> and it's just one of those things that once I hear someone is a teacher or has been a teacher, I'm like, I understand who you are. <laughs> and we have a lot of common experiences. Yes. So it wasn't, it was pretty natural for all of us to kind of find each other. Mm. There's not, there wasn't a couple of years ago, a whole ton of teachers in the esports space. But the ones that were, were doing phenomenal work. And I mean, some of them are friends of the org or lead chapters. So Andy Mendez in Illinois, Chris Aviles in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, and so I actually like rode their coattails on things. All of our first documents, all I did was take Garden State Esports and find her place and put in Texas because I don't know the games at all. Um, I know people and I can manage people and I know how to serve teachers 
from some previous work. And so that's really where it all came from. And we just all worked together. And while I did put on a really great event, um, that would not have happened without Chris. That would not have happened yeah. without Mike Dolly or Jim O'Hagan or Steve Isaacs, the mm -hmm. people that have gone before me, not far, not long before me, but they did go before me and yeah. are doing great work. And it's fun because none of us are in competition with each other. So it means collaboration all the way. That's awesome. Yeah, I love um, seeing how you guys are borrowing from each other and then adding your own expertise and experience for everybody to grow as well. One thing that I'd love to get your take on is, is coaching, managing for teachers. I think a lot of teachers are a little intimidated by esports, right? I mean, as time goes on, every teacher at some point will be a gamer or a former gamer themselves. But currently we're in a place where, yeah, the younger teachers are going to be gamers, but there's going to be a lot of teachers who have so much to lend to these kids, but they don't have the specific gaming experience. Can you talk a little bit about two things? One is, what would your message be to teachers who are kind of on the fence who, or are timid to get involved? And then secondly, what are some of those things that a teacher, even if they can't help a kid play the game better, can help? I can assist with that's valuable in these kids' lives as part of being a manager? I don't know the game. And honestly, I think that is one of the big advantages because when I am talking to new schools or new managers or someone that is thinking about it, it's really easy for me to say, you don't have to know all the games. Like you don't have to know any of the games. You know how to manage students and to get them where they should be at the time they should be there. And I tell teachers that if you have ever taken students on a field trip, run a spelling bee, or done academic UIL, which is our academic competitions in Texas, or run a track meet, you are absolutely equipped to do this. We will mm -hmm. help you with absolutely everything else because teachers love to share. We love to make things easier. We love to commiserate about what's going badly. <laughs> um, but the, the game part is in, almost entirely unnecessary. And the games are going to change throughout this anyway. Yeah. And like I said, teachers find each other because we have so many common experiences. Every teacher has done something like this in their classroom or in their school and have had to help manage it. And so mm -hmm. that's just a universal. So telling them, oh, you've already actually done this before. <laughs> we just put a different name to it. It's a little bit different spin on it it makes it really approachable and accessible for teachers that want to do this. And what was the second question? Well, let me preface Advice. If Zelda was a competitive game, you would absolutely be qualified to coach. I think we know that. Thanks. Now, but, finally. It's every time I talk to Danielle, she's playing, she's grinding Zelda. I'm like, would you put the controller down? I've got some no. questions for you. Um, <laughs> no. Hey, we like what we like, okay? Just part of the time, just part of the time. The second one, um, Danielle, was essentially like, what are some of those um, those value adds that teachers can help with? You know, like, you know, one of the problems in esports is this toxicity online. If we can help build up kids and understand how to communicate uh, effectively with each other in a respectful manner, that's very valuable. Essentially, what can it, uh, a teacher contribute to youth other than how to play the game better 
in the role as a manager? We teach students, we don't teach subjects. And so our goal anytime we are with students is to help them become better human beings. It doesn't matter if we're teaching math, if we're listening to them cry or we're doing lunch duty, it's about them being better humans. And as the kids get older, like they need a little bit less direct supervision for things, but we always need an adult in the room. And that is what a lot of the man being an esports manager at your campus is like. You are the adult in the room. The kids will always know more than you. They're going to have to figure it out if they want to play, and they will because I know that they'll figure out. Like they figure out how to get by Chromebook security. I mean, we figured out a billion years ago how to put games on our calculators. Like kids are always going to figure that out. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they learn from each other. It's important for us to be the adults in the room. So that way we can be like, ooh, we need to reel that in. And generally the teacher is the favorite teacher and got asked because they were going to say yes when the kids came to them and asked to start an esports program. So that relationship will already be there. Some of the best things that teachers that are maybe not directly involved with programs can do is be another adult in the room. So it's always better, especially to have a male and a female in the room, it makes it safer for everybody if a femme or a femme identifying person is there or a non-gender like conforming person is there. It just makes it safer for everybody. And then it gives the you know general manager or the head person some relief over being over all of it. And then kids would play every single day if we would let them, but for teachers, we don't want that because that is kind of like exploiting them most of them aren't getting paid for this. So mm -hmm. having another adult that can kind of manage things makes it so much easier for the, the head manager to take a day off or, you know, be able to take multiple teams to tournaments. So just being in the room, you don't have to be in charge of it. You don't really have to know anything. If you know how to organize kids, you are well qualified to do this. Okay. Cool. Um, I love what you you talked about. There's two things that I want to point out. The first is that you teach students, not subjects, which is amazing. Um, and the second is how you were able to bring together so many people in community and to support you and use previous resources and all that. Um, just want to reemphasize that those are both really wonderful points. Speaking more to kind of the community point, we're going to have you on the Scholastic panel at Esports Next, which I'm super excited about. Um, you'll be up there with some wonderful people, including Danielle Rourke and Sari Kaitlin. And for those of you in the world of Scholastic Esports, those will be very familiar names to you. Um, but I wanted to kind of talk to you about you know, the things that you do outside of tech stuff and the, or outside of kids' activities with tech stuff and what you look for when you're going into kind of business and professional environments and who you look to partner with and how you develop that relationship. Um, mostly because I hope that you're gonna do that at eSports Next. So what's kind of your approach to finding the right partners when you are out in the world as, as you, Danielle Johnson, Executive Director of Tech Stuff and you know, what kinds of people are you looking for? I love hanging out with teachers. I love education conferences. And we have a giant one in Texas um, in the winter. And we go every year. This year we got to throw a party. So it's just really great to hang out with other teachers. We generally all get along. Um, even if there's personal, professional, religious differences, whatever, you don't 
become a teacher and not what what's best for kids. So it kind of underscores everything we do. And we all will have a, safe, a real similar ethos and mindset about the work we do, which is great because we don't have to build buy-in or, or like develop norms because it doesn't matter if you're teaching in Texas or Vietnam, like we're all trying to get our kids to learn math and teaching math to middle schoolers is hard no matter where you live. So we still have a lot of similar experiences. Um, and I will never stop being a teacher. So there's kind of a joke that it's who we are, not what we do. And, you know, lots of people get annoyed with me because I tend to over explain things and just go into teacher mode. But when I am working with non-educators, I am very upfront that like admin means something totally different to me and you. Sponsor means something totally different to me and you. Like, this yeah. is my background. Um, this is where I'm coming from. And so like be you know, tell me what I don't, what, tell me what I don't know and tell me what I need to know and tell me where I'm going wrong. Um, the community has been the most valuable thing that we have in supporting our program, especially the ESTA community. Our state championship would not have happened without the ESTA community. And just bringing people together with that similar passion and interest and, you know, goal of, expanding esports or connecting kids to school or both. Um, I don't know, it's just important to build those relationships. I try try not to ask for things very often, but because when I do, I really need them. But yeah, we try to build in community. That's all we really want. Well, there's no secret that I love you. And um, <laughs> I identify as a businesswoman. When I was a little girl, I actually asked to be one for Halloween. And my mom's like, what do I do with this little businesswoman kid? There's a story behind it. Um, but I, I digress because I would like to share a story. When I first got into the Esports Trade Association, I'd been in sports for almost a decade already. And I decided to go to a game that all the teachers were invited to. I don't know who's heard this story, but I wanted to just get the full teacher's experience for this big event, right? I've had all the corporate experiences you could ever ask for. So I did. I spent the day alongside this very competitive game, like a Super Bowl, per se, teacher day. The very first time I sat in the last row on a, on a stadium, the highest seat with the wall behind me. Nosebleeds. Yeah. Literally, have I told you the story, John? No. I didn't even know there were seats like this. Okay. <laughs> I'm the, not kidding. The less fortunate of us are very aware of this seat. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in the very top, scariest, highest on the back of the wall and I'm with 40 teachers and I'm the only- That sounds like the most fun day ever. <laughs> what I was so present to was how grateful the teachers were. Now I'm like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I say nothing. They're like, oh my God. And I thought to myself, all right, this is an opportunity to just get to know how we as corporate people, organizations, mm -hmm. sponsors can give back more. Yeah. And that was a defining day. I'll never forget it. It From that day on, 
you will see me running to the teachers at any event I'm ever at and asking, who would you like to meet? How mm -hmm. can we help you? Because I don't think people are doing it enough. And the teachers ask for nothing. Nothing. So I mean, that, you got to buy your own school supplies. What do you mean you're going to invite me to some sort of event? This sounds yeah. amazing. This was a Saturday. <laughs> All of them spent their day off coming to learn about a topic. And, you know, it just showed the dedication, the humanity, the, it was just, it was just a wonderful experience and it changed my business approach to sponsorship and corporate relations and bridging that gap from corporate sponsors and teachers. And that was where John and I really focused on Scholastic uh, strongly. So I wasn't surprised to hear that ESTA made a huge difference for you and all the teachers in your event, because we work really, we work really um, honorably to, to create that bridge the best we can. We're just always happy for somebody to take us seriously. There's a lot of, oh, you're just a teacher or, oh, you're a teacher. You don't know anything about anything. Most of us also have like a lay expertise in something yeah. because we are people that like to learn stuff and different organizations and stuff like that. If you buy teachers lunch, they will follow you around like puppies. Like wow. we are food that is not pizza is never bought for teachers. Everything is like, oh, you get a pizza party or here's donuts. I could, yeah, there's so much of that. But, you know, sending lunch in or giving teachers tickets to something goes so far. And this is a recipe that companies like Google, Apple, Microsoft, and Adobe have really nailed because their sales force for their education products are teachers volunteering to do it on their own time, traveling on their own dime to events wow. to present about products for these companies. But the those four companies in particular build a community around that. So Google has a couple of things like their Google educator, those are all just certifications, but then their innovator and their trainer and their coach programs are all built around community. And it, my, I was part of the innovator program and my cohort met for four days in Singapore in 2019. And so it's a really big deal because it's 36 people out of the entire world. But then mm. once you're part of that, you're part of the community. And at mm. every education event, Google throws parties for you. And so you get to go to a Google party, you get your swag bag, you get a great meal that is not pizza. Um, and you get to hang out with teachers, not from your school or district. And we follow them around everywhere. <laughs> so the, we will sell your products for you. All you have to do is, you know, acknowledge that we're, we're good at what we do, you know, treat us with a little dignity and respect and, you know, feed us. That's fantastic. That's, uh, you know, I was, we were on a call, I think me and Megan the other day, and we were talking to um, some scholastic esports folks uh, from in Illinois. And I remember this, Megan, they were, were talking about getting to the conference and all these things. And they were expressing how teachers get no love and are invited to so few things. And, you know, when you are part of a big company, there's a number of things that come with that, that we can 
sometimes take for granted, or sometimes we can forget that not everybody gets these things, like a big expense account for travel, or all of these perks, or all of these invites to be part of these events where you can do business together and meet all sorts of folks. So Danielle, you, you expressed a couple of things, but because of the robust group of scholastic esports folks and teachers who are going to be attending our conference, for others who are attending, what are what are some really valuable ways to engage with you or ways that value can be added to teachers beyond donuts? We want your time. Mm-hmm. Having guest speakers is the best thing ever. And because everything is mostly virtual now, you know, you give up an hour of your time to speak to a class and do Q&A, you are going to have a teacher fan for life. And the kids are going to remember because we don't really have very many outside speakers. So mm-hmm. it's a big deal when there is one, especially in person. And I know John has done some local stuff in here where he is actually physically in the high schools and in the classrooms, answering Mm -hmm. questions and working with kids. That is a huge deal because until you graduate high school, you only encounter a few professions. You see the ones that you see in TVs and movies. You know, you you know what an accountant is, but you may not know what like a chief ringer is or lighting design. Like you may not even know that's a job. So they see teachers every day of their lives and that's the profession they're most familiar with. We need them to experience people that are not us. And also people that don't look or sound like them or may not be from where they're from. And that is something that is free. You give an hour of your time. And if you're really generous, four hours throughout one day so you can hit every class period, um, four to five generally, most core content teachers teach five, some teach six in Texas anyway. So giving that time just for a day and so many companies give you like comp time for for community service. And this totally counts as community service. So it's not even a cost to most people. The best thing about speaking to kids or teenagers, especially like in the under 16 range is they think you are a rock star. Like you could be the janitor at Optic and the fact that you work at Optic is a huge deal. And so the title doesn't matter because they don't understand the titles. And I mean, titles are all made up anyway, but saying what you do or that you're a professional player or that you're a professional caster or that you do this or that, like you don't even have to be an expert in that. You know more than they do. So giving your time is the absolute best thing that you can do. It builds that relationship with the teacher. She's going to find you intern. Um, You know, it's going to have an impact on kids and they're absolutely going to remember it. And then you're going to have like a fan club for life. Yeah, that is very well said. And one thing that I think is pretty cool too, to keep in mind, first of all, the kids, when you're that young, you don't know a lot. So if you feel like, oh, I don't have a lot to share or... I'm not, I don't know enough to be this expert person. You're dealing with kids who have zero professional experience. So anything that you share is a plus. The other side of that is that because it's a different person than the teacher who's always telling them what to do, this is what, every time I speak to a class, 
I asked this, the teacher, is there anything you want me to say mm. that you want them to do? Knowing that just because I say it, because I'm just a different person, they will listen to it or put more stock into, oh, the visiting speaker said this. And the teacher's like, yeah, I've been telling you that all year, kid. You know, uh, 100%. <laughs> so that is fantastic. That is a, a great um, insight um, to leave here at the end of the podcast. Give your time to teachers, engage with the schools, engage with the teachers, and do not be intimidated um, that you don't have um, the breadth of expertise to share because you do. Um, the most common question they're going to ask is, How much do you make? Have you met anyone cool? That's I'm going to write those if you can down. Answer those two questions. Then, yeah, if you bring a slideshow of you with some people they know, then they'll you'll have your their full attention. Perfect. Well, before we let you go, Danielle, first of all, thank you so much for your time here. Speaking of giving time, am I right? Um, we appreciate you giving time, walking the walk here. Um, and uh, what are some ways that people get in, in touch with you in the ways that you would like them to so they can follow you? And then, of course, we want everyone to meet you at the conference. My Twitter username is iHeartMissJohnson, I-H-E-A-R-T-M-S Johnson. And my my LinkedIn is the same. So, but if you just search Danielle Johnson on there, I'll probably come up. Um, you can also just shoot me an email, Danielle at Texas, T-E-X-S-E-F dot org. If you want to give your time to teachers, but have no idea how to do that, just shoot me an email. I will hook you up with the right state. I know because I talk to so many teachers, I know who's looking for what and like where, where you're going to fit and like mess with the teacher, mess, mess with their content. So just shoot me an email and I will point you in the right direction and connect you with the educators in your area. And while you're at it, invite Danielle out to an event and feed her some food for free. I'm it goes great at parties. From what I've learned from this episode. Um, Danielle, thank you again for joining us on behalf of Megan, behalf of Lindsay. We appreciate you joining the Esports Next podcast. Thank you.